Did you know that Jaime León is considered one of the most important art song composers of Latin America during the 20th century? Did you know that he spent his life between his native Colombia and the US and his music reflects both influences? Did you know that he was the American Ballet Theater Orchestra's principal conductor and toured the world with it? So stay on this episode to discover the extraordinary life of a musician who was a conductor, a composer, and a pianist, and the author of some of the most beautiful art songs in Spanish written in the 20th century. listening to the Latin American and Iberian Art Zone podcast, a program to discover composers, poets, songs, and everything about the world of Latin American and Spanish songs. My name is Patricia Caicedo, I'm a soprano and musicologist and the author of the Latin American art song Sounds of the Imagined Nations. I have published nine books with scores of Latin American and Iberian art songs, I have performed this repertoire around the world and have recorded 11 CDs. I'm the founder of the Barcelona Festival of Song, a summer program for classical singers devoted to studying the Latin American and Iberian art song repertoire in Spanish, Catalan, and Portuguese. The festival arrives to its 17th year in 2021. And welcome to the Latin American and Iberian Art Zone podcast. My name is Patricia Caicedo. I'm in Barcelona today. I'm with Dr. Lenine Santos, all the way from Rio de Janeiro. Welcome, Lenine. Thank you, Patricia. Hello. What a pleasure to be here with you again in this space yes. of yours. Yeah, that is so important for the discussion of the song performance, particularly Ibero-American song. Yes, and I'm super happy that you are here because apparently we already have some fans. People oh, yeah. who are following us, hearing singers. <laughs> we have interested. followers. Yes, we have followers, singers who are interested in learning about the Latin American and Iberian art song repertoire. That's great, that's great. And well, the followers are expecting an episode with you talking about Brazilian art song, and this will be probably our next episode. Oh, it will happen, of course. But today, well, I want more than talking to hear from you about a very important composer that is a Colombian like you, and that uh, this year would be 100 years old, yeah, if he were alive. Yes. And I'm talking, of course, about Jaime León Ferro. Yes, uh, Jaime León Ferro. And I think that there is no musicologist more prepared than you to talk about him in the world, since you were his friend, his publisher, and, well, perhaps, I don't know, maybe you are the, pe the person that more songs have recorded by him. Am I right? Yes. So, well... 
I wanted to start by asking you to talk about uh, a little about this eclectic artist that was Jaime Leon Ferro, since he worked, I think, as a pianist, as a conductor, as a teacher, as some other issues. And, you know, I'm surprised at how little information there is about him on the Internet. Yes, so that's something that I'm now working on it. I want to make a, a website because I think he deserves to have a place where people can find. Yeah, if you, if you do a search in the, the, the Wikipedia, for example, realize that there, there is no page of Jaime Leon Ferro. So now, today, we will start talking about <laughs> him. So Jaime yes. Leon, he was born in 1921, because as you say, this year we are celebrating his 100th anniversary of his birth. He was born in the Colombian city of Cartagena de Indias. Cartagena, that is this. Un Cartagenero. Es un Cartagenero. And he was born, um, Cartagena is a city with a lot of history because it has a very important colonial past. It's in the northern part of Colombia, in the Caribbean coast. And it was the place where m many slaves during the colony, all the ships with the, with the slaves arrive. So it is a melting pot of many influences and with influence of the African descendants that is very present even today. But he was born in there, although his parents were not from Cartagena. His father was from Bogota and, and his mother also. His mother was from his her family was from Cartagena but both his parents were musicians his father was a violinist and his mother was a pianist and his dad he wanted to go to the following the American dream pursuing the American dream he wanted to go to the US so he saved a little bit of money and went from Bogota to Cartagena, that was in the northern part is the port, trying to be closer to the U.S. to just to go to the U.S., to travel from there to the U.S. But when he arrived to Cartagena, he had no money. So he decided, okay, I will play some concerts to raise money to continue with my trip. So he needed a pianist. And he started looking for a pianist, and the pianist he found was... Jaime Leon's mother, the woman who would become his wife, I mean. So they met there. She was from a very prominent family because Cartagena de Indias was the hometown of one of the most important former presidents of Colombia of the 19th century, whose name was Rafael Núñez. Rafael Núñez had um, a companion, was not the wife, was more the lover who lived with him most of his life and her name was Soledad Roman. Soledad Roman was the aunt of Jaime León because the mother of Jaime León was Ferro Roman. So she lived in this uh, house where Rafael Núñez used to live and died uh, that nowadays is a, is a museum, a museum in Cartagena, el Museo de Rafael Núñez. So at that a house was born Jaime León at the museum house of Rafael Núñez, the former Colombian president. So they gathered the money they could and they went to, to the U.S. with baby Jaime. And they first arrived to New Orleans 
from New Orleans, they went to San Francisco, just looking where to survive better. Mm -hmm. And finally, they landed in New York. Then we can say we can say that he spent his first childhood in the United States. Yes, but so and he started uh, studying music with a teacher with the last name Fuentes. We don't know more than that that he last name was Fuentes. First piano lessons were in the U.S. with this professor Fuentes. Mm -hmm. But it was very hard to survive out of being a musician as is today. Being a freelance musician is very hard. So they went back to Colombia. And Jaime was already a small child. And he continued studying in Colombia. They settled in a city called Cúcuta. Cúcuta is a town uh, in the border with Venezuela. And there he studied for a few years until he finished his high school and he decided he wanted to be a musician. And he moved to Bogotá to study at the National Conservatory, at the Conservatorio de la Universidad Nacional. So this is more or less the, mm -hmm. his early childhood and youth playing the piano. He wanted to be a pianist. Mm -hmm. That's how he started in music. I have here, I just took, you see this book. This is one of the two books with all his vocal works, with art songs. Yes. The beautiful publications you have done with the, with his songs, I know them very well. Yeah, and you have sung also <laughs> Jaime León. Yes, and my students also. Yeah, gracias, Lenine. So, and, and I took it. Why? Because here in the book there is a chronology, it's a table with the chronology, so I mm -hmm. can say that he enrolled in the National Conservatory in 1939, and he studied there with a, pro a teacher called Lucia Perez until 1943. Mm -hmm. So in 1943, something happened. And now you put in context, he was born in 1921. In the 23, he was 22 years old. 22 years, yeah. Uh -huh. 22 years old. And he obtained a scholarship to continue his studies in Juilliard School in New York. Mm -hmm. So he moved to New York in 19. 43 to study with a teacher called Carl Friedberg and Joseph Levine were his two teachers. And also this Friedberg was the last student of Clara Schumann. He, al he always used to say, so he, he studied at Juilliard with this scholarship. He moved, he moved to New York and in 1945, he, received his degree. He graduated as a pianist from Juilliard and he received another scholarship because he was very talented to continue studying what he wanted at that time that was to be a conductor. So he entered mm -hmm. in this career to be a conductor, orchestra conductor. It so, was his goal. Yes, his goal was to be a conductor. But his, his relationship with Colombia was always very, very close. He never detached from Colombia and he was invited to present solo recitals as a piano. So mm -hmm. he, he is, was kind of coming and going to present recitals. And at some point he quit his studies in, it was in 1947, two years after studying, studying, he quit his studies and he went back to Colombia and he was appointed the director of the National Conservatory of the National University in Colombia, in Bogota. Mm -hmm. 
So for some years, he was the director and he was dedicated to teach piano and to direct the national conservatories. Also, he was named uh, the National Symphony Orchestra in Colombia uh, yeah. um, conductor, and he started conducting a real orchestra. His yeah, and it means he began his uh, conducting career with a very important job. With a very important job. The most important orchestra in, in Colombia, I think. And there are some symbolic important things in his biography, like he was born in, in Cartagena, that is perhaps the most, I don't know, the, the postcard of Colombia, yeah? And he begins his career with this important orchestra. Then even if he was abroad lots of times in his life, Colombia was in him. Yes, and it's true that Cartagena was also the city where first was declared the independence and it has this colonial past. It's a beautiful city. I mean, for people who mm -hmm. I would like to invite everybody who are here into this podcast to visit Cartagena is amazing. The, the yeah. walls that were built to defend the city of Cartagena at the time that they were built, the money that was invested by the Spaniards to defend the city from pirates and attacks was mm -hmm. equivalent to what recently was uh, invested to go to space, to the moon. So it was yeah. a lot of money. So these walls are amazing. This city is amazing. But although he was born in that city charged with a lot of story, he never really went back to live in Cartagena or had a strong relationship with Cartagena. He went back always to Bogota, where the mm -hmm. main... But, but I know that he has written that beautiful song, A Mi Ciudad Nativa, to my native city. That is a poem by... I don't Luis remember Carlos the name. Lopez. Carlos Lopez, que es uno de that is one of the greatest poets of Colombia, yeah. Of Cartagena. I mean. Of Cartagena. And it's a very special song that you sing it so well. True. He felt a very important connection with Cartagena because he sat to music this poem that is also very important for all people that are from Cartagena because mm -hmm. this poem describes the colonial past of the city and ends saying that nothing can inspire this love, that this part that is similar that the love we have to our old shoes. And when you go to Cartagena, one of the main statues, monuments that the city has is the statue to the old shoes that is inspired in this poem, that is a poem that defines the city. Tiempos de la cruz y de la espada 
las caudales no eran una caterva de vencejos. several songs to Cartagena. He also did arrangements to songs by other composers from Cartagena, like Adolfo Mejia, who wrote a song called Cartagena, and Jaime León did a piano arrangement of that song. Also, Jaime León sat to music other poets who were born in Cartagena, like Daniel Demetre, in other songs like Evocación. So mm -hmm. he had a very close, special connection because his mom's family was from there and he was born in this, also in this environment that was charged with history through Rafael Núñez, the former president. So he was a mm -hmm. proud Cartagenian. Perhaps I have uh, talked about uh, songs too early because we were already on his conducting career that was very important. And I know that he left this job in the Colombian Symphony to, to come back to the United States afterwards, yeah? Yes, he was coming and going. I mean, and he represents, I can say, this kind of transnational composer, this Pan-American composer. And it's beautiful because we are America, one continent. And mm -hmm. he represents this Pan-American composer who was equally Colombian than from the United States because he, he spent many years in the U.S. He quit the job at the National Symphony Orchestra in Colombia and returned to Juilliard School in 1948. So he stayed for not very long. And in he was kind of coming and going to from Juilliard. He enrolled, he studied a little bit, then he went to Colombia, conducted, and then he went back to Juilliard again, enrolled and continued mm -hmm. his, his studies. And then he yeah. went back to Colombia to be uh, the director of the National Conservatory and went back until one moment that I, when he was at, in the U.S. and he was offered to be the assistant director of the American Ballet Theater Orchestra in New York. So that was a very important oh. job. Of course, and conducting ballet is one of the most complex and technical specialties. Yes, yeah, so he was there conducting ballet uh, as an assistant director of the American Ballet Theater from 1955 to 58 as the assistant director. But mm -hmm. at that time, he already have started writing songs because in 1951, he wrote his first song. It's called Aves y en Sueños. And in 1952, he wrote his second song called La Campesina. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's, Patricia, that's uh, something very interesting because I think we agree that the most important part of his production is as composer is song. Yeah. Song, yes. And, and he only started writing songs at his 30s. Unlike, for example, Debussy, 
who composed his first songs at 13 years old, for example. Uh, but then he started a very consistent production. Even the first song he writes is something very consistent, very beautiful, technically well done. And, and he started with a very uh, mature style. Mm -hmm. Then, I don't know, my impression when I, when I read his song work is that his songs are a result of his love for poetry and perhaps his relationship with Colombian poets. I don't know. Is there this relationship between this man, the yeah. poets and the poet and the composer? Actually, in, in reality, he was not very inclined to composition, but there was a, a friend of him who was a composer also, Colombian composer, who said, Jaime, why don't you set to music some some poems of Colombian poets who write us songs and he gave him as a present an anthology of Colombian poetry. Ah, interesting. So he started with this anthology writing songs and when he wrote the first one that is Aves y Sueños, he, he told me that he showed that to one of his colleagues or and he, this, this musician, somebody, a friend said, mm, this song is interesting, but it's not telling me anything about where are you coming from or is is there is because he was highly influenced by Strauss, by mm -hmm. all these classical composers that he used to to conduct and and also play on the piano, but it has no Colombian elements, so. Second song he wrote was La Campesina, that is describing, is a poem by a woman, Isabel Gerard Restrepo, and this poem is describing the daily life of a woman, a peasant woman, and he wrote it in a rhythm that is a Colombian rhythm called the bambuco, mm -hmm. but it's a bambuco that is re-elaborated with all his influences of the classical Training. An almost stylized bambuco. Yes, but it's not. It's not an stylization as, for example, uh, the first nationalistic composers uh, did. That they actually took folk songs and transported to high to high keys and mm -hmm. made an arrangement for voice and piano. No, this is a completely different approach to the composition because he kind of re-elaborated it. The, mm -hmm. the rhythm uh, and the conception of what a bambuco is. It was kind of an abstraction of a bambuco. It's m much more elaborated. It's not a stylization. It's a, re a, a different approach, kind of a re-elaboration of the, I see. the rhythm. Mm -hmm. and, but he achieved a great result. Es 
So he started writing songs like, for example, another one is Canción de Noel, is a Christmas song, and also in Bambuco Rhythm. And at that time, he started conducting at the America Ballet Theater Orchestra, but he also started conducting a lot of opera. He loved opera and he conducted for many years now going in the future he conducted the opera de colombia later on and he conducted a lot of musical theater so his relationship with the voice mm -hmm. was very very close yes that's one one aspect that i find it's very beautiful about leon's song is how well they are vocally written the way he writes makes it pleasant to sing yeah everything is naturally adjusted to the vocal instrument yes and the places where you have to breathe but also is beautiful for the pianist because mm -hmm. he was a great pianist so he that he is not doing merely an accompaniment or a rhythmic thing he's kind of waving a whole net yeah. between the yeah piano. yeah the songs music is always very much at the service of the world yeah and the piano has long solo passages and sometimes a speech of its own, but, but it, it, it is inspired and dictated by the, the words, by the poem. Yes, and this, what you are saying, is the definition of a good art song composer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. That is, I mean, he was on the, at the service of the poem and using all the elements, piano and voice, to, to enhance the word. And mm. is Something that calls the attention probably of some of our listeners is that in 1958 he was the choral director of the production of Medea at the Dallas Civic Opera. In this production, Maestro Nicolás Resquiño was the director and Maria Callas was Medea. And there is a recording of that. Fantastic, yeah. So he, and at the same time, he was conducting a lot of musical theater. He loved musical theater, he loved jazz. And, and we can see that, we can see that in some of his, his songs also. Yes, all his harmonies are embedded with this jazz kind of musical yes. theater harmonies because he loved it, he loved it. the director of a oh, wow, theater company called Theater Under the Stars in Atlanta in the 60s for many years. And at the same time, he was conducting as an assistant um, conductor, director of the American Ballet Theater Orchestra. He directed, hear this, the premiere of Duke Ellington's ballet, The River. <laughs> the premiere of this, the, uh, at the Metropolitan Opera House in New York was conducted by Jaime Leon and it was also presented at the Kennedy Center of Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. in 71. So that yeah. was Jaime Leon yes. conducting. And you can see the importance of the conductor at that time. Yeah. And, and 
when you look at, for example, his collection of CDs at home, when, when I was there with them having tea, he having whiskey and I having tea because he loved <laughs> having his whiskey. So what were we hearing? Jazz pianist or Duke Ellington or the, the most, I mean, well-known jazz pianist. He was a lover mm -hmm. of jazz, but how is that? He, uh, he also was the principal conductor of the American Ballet Theater Orchestra for many years. At mm -hmm. the beginning, he was the assistant, and then he was the principal conductor of the American Ballet Theater Orchestra. And with this orchestra, he traveled the world presenting the, the ballet. Yeah. And Patricia, we are talking about the, the 50s, 60s. 60s, and 70s, we arrived to when... Yes, first 70s. And during this time, he was in, in his uh, conducting career. Who were singing his songs? There were... There were special singers that he, he written for them. He has written from the, for them. And there are names of the first first singers that has sung the, the, his songs. So, for example, there was a Colombian singer named Carmina Gallo. Carmina Gallo was a very well-known soprano. And they sung together a concert of Jaime León playing the piano and Carmina Gallo singing at the Catholic University in Washington, D.C. Because at the ah. Catholic University, there is this Latin American uh, uh, music center, the mm -hmm. Benjamin T. Rome School of Music. And they presented a, a concert and recorded these songs. This record uh, recording, I have not been able to find it. But yeah. there are, I have found other recordings of him playing mm -hmm. singers, but Carmina Gallo was a, a, one of the singers who sung a lot with him. And then later on in his life, he also accompanied an Ecuadorian soprano named Beatriz Parra. And Beatriz Parra and Jaime León travel a lot singing Jaime's songs. In, in, in the US. In Colombia, mm -hmm. um, because that was much later much later and i think they also travel somewhere in the world together but beatriz parra was responsible for inspiring jaime leon to set to music some ecuadorian poets mm -hmm. so there are two song cycles of jaime leon one is the children's song cycle las canciones infantiles called pequeña pequeñita and the, another christmas song cycle based on poems by Ecuadorian poets. And that was thanks, I think, to Beatriz Parra, who is a, a singer who still lives in, in Ecuador. Then had, before I had the impression that the American public had known the Jaime León songs before the Colombian public, but it, that's not true. No, that's not true. Almost at the same time, yeah. Yes, but I mean, I have to tell you that the songs were known, but by a very one or two or here one, mm -hmm. here and there a few concerts but small audience but yeah. was not widely known this mm -hmm. repertoire and these songs were not published which means that singers didn't have access to this music yeah. so only his friends that were four or five I mean, mm -hmm. and also because he was not devoted he did he, ne he never considered himself a composer Mm -hmm. When he thought about himself, he thought, I'm a conductor. 
Mm -hmm. And being a composer was something on the side that he did from time to time, but because he was then when he went back to Colombia was in 72 when the uh, Colombian president named Belisario Betancourt, he started a program to bring the, como se dice, los cerebros fugados, the, mm -hmm. the, the brilliant Colombian people who were living abroad, mm -hmm. he uh, created a program to bring them to the country uh, and giving them uh, very good jobs and salaries and transporting all his things to from the country that were where they were living to Colombia. So imagine bringing Jaime Leon, the conductor of the American Ballet Theater Orchestra, to Colombia was a big deal. So he could bring Jaime Leon and, and he, he was... came back to the, the, the Colombian uh, uh, symphony. Yeah. No, 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 no. no? Orquesta Filarmónica de Bogotá. Ah. And at that time, the Orquesta Filarmónica de Bogotá was studying or, or not studying, but was an orchestra that was not very good. And I remember Jaime telling me that, okay, when I came to the first rehearsal and I started, I almost cry at the oh. end of this rehearsal. And I said, what am I doing? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? Why did I let me this orchestra? And he also had standards of quality that were very high. So he's mm -hmm. famous among musicians for being bravo. He's like angry guy, very demanding. He was has a character that was very serious because he was very demanding. And he said, I, I close what he did. He said, I close this orchestra. You go to study and we only open this orchestra when you have a study in X weeks. And they they didn't like him at the beginning, <laughs> of course. But he he brought this orchestra to a level of excellence. But mm -hmm. it was Jaime Leon who started pushing the quality of the orchestra up right. and also bringing international soloists and bringing the level of the music in the country up. And, and at that time, you already knew him. I, I am understanding, yeah? No, because I, I was a, a small child, because I, I was born in six. No, because you, you, ah, no, no, he told you afterwards, of course. Yes, about, yeah. See, I was a baby, uh -huh. <laughs> in my defense. Yeah. How was your first contact with him, with the work of Jaime Leon? And how was your first contact with the composer? Beatriz de Leon, uh, Jaime's His wife, wife. Yeah. who was like my grandmother, and she was cousin of my father's first cousin. I mean, there was some family relationship there. Mm -hmm. And so I always knew of the existence of Jaime Leon and, and there was some family connection. But you remember, first of all, there was a big age difference. So when I was aware in music, I mean, I started studying music being small, but I, when I decided to become a musician was after finishing my the career mm -hmm. in medicine. So when I start having awareness of, oh, Colombian songs and my interest in Latin American music was already in late 90s. Let's say, the, see, the end, 99, uh, 2000. Mm -hmm. So I, and I was not in Colombia. I was uh, already living out abroad. 
But I said, okay, I would like to have these these songs of Jaime León. How can I do? They, they are not published. How can I get them? Because I only had two, the same two songs that everybody had, because these two songs, La Campesina and Ati, were the only ones who were published in one anthology of the Colombian art song published by the Colombian ministry. So from abroad, I said, I called my dad and I said, Papi, please call, um, call Sofia to call Beatriz. And so he did the connection and I received uh, the first songs from abroad. Then when I went to Colombia, immediately next trip, I went to visit Jaime and Beatriz. They invited me to have a dinner. And so this friendship started. Mm -hmm. And, and it was very beautiful because at that time, Jaime was, I mean, people, I, I'm advancing myself, but at his last years, he lived until 2015, so 93 or something. But the last three or, or four years, he was ill with Alzheimer. And mm -hmm. at the end of the, uh, he didn't remember, didn't even remember that he wrote that music. But I had the fortune of spending a lot of time with him every time I went to Colombia. I, my goal, for, my reason for going to Colombia was visiting my family, my dad, my mom, dad, and brother, mm -hmm. and Jaime and Beatriz, period. So I spent my time between the two houses. And, and this, this friendship, this relationship so close, it helped you to, it has helped you to, to publish his work also yeah he he trusted you to treat this material because he, he he knew you you enjoyed it very much yeah yes i started singing the songs and every time i went to his home to their home uh, i i went to the piano with him and he started playing and i started singing <laughs> and i was so nervous i the maestro leon what an honor honor yeah and i was also younger and oh uh, am i singing well or also because jaime leon but that time he had been the director of the Opera de Colombia, the National Opera, for many mm -hmm. years. He had been the director of the Colcultura, that is today the Ministry of Culture. The, 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 what it, it be, Colcultura became later on the Ministerio mm -hmm. de Cultura. So he have held this, the most important jobs in the music world of Colombia. He was this mythic figure. So, and I was, Suddenly uh, you, were, you were there beside his piano <laughs> yes. so i was there and he was playing and i was singing and he was correcting me and so then when i started planning and publishing my first anthology of latin american art songs i decided okay i would like to include two of uh, jaime leon's songs and they were two songs with poems by some of the most important colombian poets that is jose asuncion silva and Julio Flores. So these two songs, A Ti and Cuando Lejos Muy Lejos, were in this first anthology. And at the time, I was not even thinking in, in compiling all his vocal works. Mm -hmm. But when I was, I mean, years passed and I'm discovering more Latin American art songs, singing more repertoire. And every time I discovered other composers, I felt, wow, Jaime León is really one of the greatest composers because I could kind of 
compare or of course yeah having more 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 in my repertoire i could see he is one of the yeah you put the things in context yeah claro in context so in context he's one of the greatest art song composers of latin america in the 20th century god mm -hmm. i'm before this music and nobody knows it so uh finally in 2008 something like that i said no no i have to publish this music and by that time i already knew how to publish a book from cover to cover and all the copyright things that were necessary so one time i just took a plane and say i'm going there to find all the signatures of all the poets and or descendants everybody i will go back to Barcelona with all these contracts signed. Wow, that is a very difficult job, yeah. It's... But it was a beautiful job because I had to go to the houses of, for example, the living poets that are still alive, for example, Dora Castellanos, who is almost 100. And know them and explain the project and everything, yeah. Explain the pro and meet the poet and, and admire them so much because, for example, Dora Castellanos is the poet of Algún Día. Mm -hmm. And when I went to her home, I was expecting to find a very old lady in her bed. And then mm -hmm. there is a woman full of energy who comes out and say, welcome. Oh, let me show you the four books I'm working on it right now. And she was in her <laughs> late 80s. And Beautiful. <laughs> yes. And same thing with Maruja Vieira, the poet of Masquenunca. Chiamarte sassite dolce giunto, come questa fiel serenità dell'agua che corre por la sequia verramando, somorosa ternura sobre le
also I met the sons or daughters of other poets who were very important, like Eduardo Carranza, or I mean, Rafael Maya, mm -hmm. and their sons and daughters were also poets. So it was nice, but it was like a lot of work, just going from home to home, explaining, signing contracts, doing all the legal work that needed to be done in order to publish. And also it was the beginning of my own publisher because I said these Jaime Leon books will be the first books on my own publisher because I want mm -hmm. to do a collection with these standards, all the books with IPA, with translations into English, with a contextualization of the composers, etc., etc. So And these two publications, these two books have uh, almost the complete songs by, by, by Jaime Leon. What, which songs are out of the books? Are there many still songs out of the book? This is a very good question. There are two songs that are outside because they are in the first anthology. There are A Ti and Cuando Lejos Muy Lejos. But there are four new songs that were found six months ago. Wow. Who found it? How, how was it? Uh, because I have um, most of his archive. I have it with me. He led me all his... He led me at his... Uh, how do you say, the person who is entitled to his, the rights of his songs, mm -hmm. which is a big honor and privilege and responsibility. So, because he didn't have children, he had one, they have one child, one son, who was a musician, a jazz musician, Roberto. Mm -hmm. But Roberto died of a heart attack mm. in, at the beginning of the uh, 2000. Mm -hmm. So there were no other family members, and the family member who was there, it was me. <laughs> and I felt it like that. So he, they let me all the archive, mm -hmm. but some of the manuscripts are at a university in Colombia that is called Eafit. And, and these four songs, the scores are complete. It's a... Uh -huh. And I already, are already copied to and ready to publish. They, mm -hmm. This is one of the surprises or the big announcements of this year for his centenary is the publication of these new four songs. These four songs are, and there are children's songs. And also, so these four songs and, and the two that are in the other book are yeah, the complete songs mm -hmm. by Jaime Leon and also he wrote also a lot of orchestral works and piano works because the piano music in Jaime Leon is very important. Remember, he was a pianist. So Mundo Arts is also publishing this year his piano music. Wonderful. Yeah. And he has a mass also, a uh, Misa Breve. A, la Misa Breve that I had the opportunity to sing. I, but I, did, I never tell, I didn't tell you that when we presented these books in 2009, Mm -hmm. So I went to Colombia and Jaime was there and we did um, an event at the Biblioteca Luis Angel Arango that is one of the most important venues in the country, the Biblioteca del Banco de la República in Bogotá. Mm -hmm. We divided the event in two parts. The first part was singing the song. So Jaime was playing and I was <laughs> singing. Fantastic, yeah. And 
I didn't have a, a good camera at that time. Something to remember. <laughs> yes. So there is on YouTube, there is something done with my very cassette, small, very mm -hmm. camera. I mean, amateur camera. There is something that you can see him playing. And the beautiful thing is that that was the last time Jaime was on a stage. Mm -hmm. We were together and that was so beautiful because there I sung like, let's say, eight songs. But Jaime, because he was already very old, they had to help him to enter on stage, etc. He he didn't remember many things at that time. The, the Alzheimer was already there. But when he sat, sat at, at the piano, it was like magic. He started playing. He started playing. So like magic. But there was another pianist who played the four other songs, who is a very accomplished pianist, very good pianist. But he played the songs and then Jaime came. And you cannot imagine how I felt that because when Jaime played was as he was caressing the keys so delicate he almost didn't touch the mm -hmm. uh, the keys but the the piano sounded very rich but in a very delicate way i cannot explain how to i don't know how to explain it but it was like magic and when we finished singing the ati that ati is a song of one minute and 20 seconds mm -hmm. it's a very one of the most beautiful repertoire it's, it's one of the most beautiful it's a it's a jewel so the whole auditorium that was full of people because people understood that what was happening in there. So many people came to pay homage to Jaime Leon. Everybody stood up applauding for a lot of minutes, of course, applauding him <laughs> because it was so beautiful. I mean,
And then this first part uh, we played, and the second part I invited some musicologists to talk about the books and about the importance of publishing this book, because, I mean, it's sad to say, but in Colombia, almost there is all, uh, there are only two composers who have the whole works published in mm -hmm. a book, and none of them have a, 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 a book like this that yeah. is bilingual. The, the Mass, for example, it's, it is not published. No, it's it's not, in manuscript. Yeah. No, the only things that have been published, I have published them. And mm. the books of other composers, like Antonio, Antonio Maria Valencia, is a composer from Cali, who had all his vocal works published, are books that they don't have all the resources like IPA, translations, and because these books are... When I think in these books, my goal is to internationalize this repertoire, to bring this music to the world, to facilitate... Yeah. To the we, we are always repeating ourselves and speaking about the importance of a national project to publish these people, to publish the, the work of these men. Because can you imagine, for example, if Germany has hasn't the, the 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 work of Brahms the entire work of Brahms published it's it's a shame it's a scandal and for me it's the same a composer like Villa Lobos that is our icon in Brazil we don't have the it's the most published of of, of our composers but we don't have the entire uh, uh, work published yet or or recorded and uh, I think our countries here in South America, it's our, our obligation to have a governmental project to, to deliver this work to the new generations and to present it to the world. That's, I agree completely. But to do that, you need to first to be aware of the value of this music. Yeah. Yeah. and to accept it and include it in what your identity and be proud of it mm -hmm. so it is a whole thing of i mean we don't value yeah. this our heritage and villalobos is i mean at least he's published in paris he's the rights of villalobos many of is are belong yes. to these these publishers in paris and they are publishing but composers like jaime leon if these books wouldn't be published for sure the songs would be lost. Yeah. Probably the most. And, the, and there are other composers who their works, if they are not published, they would be lost. Yeah. I thank you very much for the Jaime Leon scores that you have published and that made it possible to me, for me to know your the, the songs, yeah? And then I was able to sing and, and then to give to my students to sing and. It only happened because there, there were this publication. The, the, the book was there. Yeah. And also, I, it's so beautiful that if you put in context, the book was published in 2009. At that time, mm -hmm. three people, or the three people of ten two years, two years before we met. Yes, they, they sung always the same two songs, Algún Día, A Ti and La Campesina. That's it, period and copies of copies of the manuscript in Colombia within four friends. Mm -hmm. And since 2009 until today, that is 2021, now the songs of Jaime Leon, at least in the United States and in Brazil, thanks to you, 
and other countries in Europe, but in Australia, are sung by many singers. And the books are in the university libraries and the teachers mm -hmm. use this resource because it is, has all the, um, the tools they need as IPA, as English translations and everything. So this has made possible that Jaime Leon today is known by more people and that I envision, my dream is, I, I see in 20 years Jaime Leon being sung as part of the canon, the standards of the Latin American art song. Yeah, it will happen. Of it, course, it will happen. It will happen. And, and Patricia, I, I'd like to, to speak about the, the Barcelona Festival of Song. That, that is one of the great, greatest vehicles to, to, for the dissemination of, of Jaime Leon's work. It has been always. Yeah. And uh, we are in the, the, the second atypical year of the pandemic. And are you planning in any way to remember the centenary of the composer uh, despite all the difficulties imposed by the, the, the crisis? Yes, so as you pr probably, I don't know if our listeners, all of them know, but the Barcelona Festival of Song is a summer program for classical singers, pianists and musicologists devoted to studying the Latin American and Iberian art song in Spanish, in Catalan and in Portuguese. And every year during 10 days, we are in Barcelona studying this music, these composers, the history and interpretation of this music. And Lenine is the teacher of the Brazilian art song. He's our guru, our expert in Brazilian art song. It's a, it's a every year immersion on Iberican art song. It's fantastic. So two weeks of... Uh, of pleasure to sing this music and hear people singing this music. Also, and discovering these new songs and learning yeah. the, the, the diction of the three languages because the, the, the classes are in English and most of the, historically, most of the students have come from the United States or mm -hmm. Australia or other countries in, in, from Brazil too many mm -hmm. uh, and Latin America, but for most of the singers who come, they don't know, they don't speak Spanish or Portuguese or Catalan, so they have to learn the diction, but they discover, my God, this music, and always they go back in love with Jaime Leon songs, and they continue singing the songs in, the, in their home cities. Yes, and we have, we have stories of new recordings and concerts and publications and everything. Exactly. So Jaime Leon, the Barcelona Festival of Song has been a very important place for promoting to bigger audiences Jaime Leon because this is the place of encounter of people from all, all over the world and most of the this people who come as participants are mm -hmm. voice teachers already. So they go they go to their countries and they sing it and they teach it. So mm -hmm. this the the book and the festival have been critical, I mean, have been instrumental for the promotion of Jaime Leon songs mm -hmm. to the world. And in this year, you were speaking about this, this particular year in the festival? Yes, because this year, 2021, 20, so second year of the pandemic, and I, I possibly... And centennial Jaime Leon. Centennial. He, he, his birth, his birthday, is on December the 18th, Mm -hmm. 2021. 
So the birthday starts on December 18 until 21 until 22. I, I'm seeing this mm -hmm. is the year. But this year that I consider we start calentando motores, like we start moving this thing, we will publish the, the book with his piano music, his new songs, and also personally I'm going to Colombia to present a concert in his homage at the Teatro Mayor de Bogotá, that is probably mm -hmm. the most important theater in Colombia. And this is a, a performance that is not only music, but video mapping and other things. And at the festival, we are presenting a, a concert with Jaime León music only. And the idea is to continue until December 18, 22, mm -hmm. celebrating Jaime León. And I also plan to create his Wonderful. website. Yeah. I remember that last year at the festival, we had a beautiful concert, final concert of the, the festival that uh, former students has uh, recorded performances and sent to you. And perhaps, I don't know, we could do something like that with the work of Jaime Leon in this yes. concert. Yeah. I was even thinking, you know me and you know that I profoundly dislike competitions. Mm -hmm. I don't like competition because every singer is in a different moment, has a different voice. Yeah. I mean, competing is absurd. But sometimes a competition can fool the excitement to people mm -hmm. or to start a new, uh, learn new music or something. So mm -hmm. what do you think? I'm just thinking this now that I'm talking to you. What would you think of creating a competition of art song interpretation of people who sing a song by Jaime Leon, for example. I think that's a great idea. See? <laughs> yeah, it will be funny, at least. <laughs> claro. Yeah. Um, people will so hear all this music. Yeah, of course. Claro. And we could hear, I mean, to hear all his songs because I mean, he has, uh -huh. that would be nice. Yeah, we had in Brazil here in, in there in Sao Paulo, because now I'm in, in Rio, but when I lived in Sao Paulo, uh, Osvaldo Lacerda, that was, you, you have known him, was a, an important Brazilian composer. He, he directed a, a contest, a singing contest that was about Brazilian song interpretation. And every year he decided the, a homage to one composer. And that year, everybody had to sing one song by that composer. And it was very, very important. It has spread the work of these people to a, a whole new generation. Claro. So probably, I mean, we could do just a Jaime Leon contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Patricia, I thank you very much for, for such a beautiful and passionate class that you have given us about Jaime Leon. Uh, we can see how you love the, the work and, 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 and your friend. Because see, was I love Jaime Beatriz very much. Mm -hmm. um, for, for the lovers of jazz and the pianists who love jazz, Jaime Leon is the composer because he includes all his jazz musical mm -hmm. elements. His music embodies what he embodied as a person this connection of America, this Pan-American mm -hmm. identity, because has 
elements from Colombian music, from the music of the United States, but also from European music and some rhythms of that we receive from the Africans. Everything is in there. So we, we are looking for to have this this book in our hands. Yes, this piano book will be very important. See, it's about to be. We are the book is is already all the songs are copied everything. We are just waiting for one thing: is Nikos revising the last three pieces. Mm -hmm. That is a very difficult and slow process. Exactly, that's yeah. Nikos is is a very good pianist and he has played a lot Jaime León, so he yeah. can identify if there are mistakes or things because it was a very laborious work because there yeah, were several... He must compare the manuscript with the... the there were many, ma several different manuscripts of the same pieces, mm -hmm. different yeah. versions. So we have to take certain decisions there. So now we are waiting for Nikos to play it and say, mm -hmm. okay, this is okay. And afterwards to give us a concert with that. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Patricia, again. It was fantastic to talk with you about. And thank about you, Nine, for accompanying me and for asking me all these questions and for being my friend and for sharing the Jaime Leon music with your students in Brazil and for singing because, oh, you sing Todo Paso tan bonito. Oh, thank you. But I think you were the. the... You are the, the interpreter of Jaime Leon that I know. Uh, I can't. Sometimes I search at YouTube for a song or another, and it comes another singers, and it's okay. But I, I am, I don't know. I'm used to hear your voice on these songs. Then <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't understand with other singers uh, as as well as I understand with you. Gracias, Lenine. It's, it's a matter of also, it's a profound connection with the poetry, but also with those rhythms. Mm -hmm. of, of, course, those rhythms of course, you know the references, of course, you have, you, you have them in you, in your personality. Yeah. They have these connections with rhythms of, that I also know by my mm -hmm. interpretations of folk music. I don't know. They, it's like you with Brazilian art, so. Maybe, yeah. Okay, so. Muchas gracias, Lenine. And I thank you. Next time, Lenine will be talking about Brazilian art song, and I will be asking him everything. Okay. Um, before uh, finishing, let me say goodbye to our listeners and remind them that this program is brought to you thanks to listeners like you. So we need your support. There is a way to uh, make donations. Just go there and support our podcast. And this program is also brought to you thanks to the Barcelona Festival of Song, thanks to Mundo Arts, the publisher of these books, and thanks to the support of the Center for Iberian and Latin American Music of the University of California, Riverside. And we hope to see you in one more week. Please subscribe, share this podcast with your friends, students, amigos, and everybody that you know. <laughs> Hasta luego. 
até mais. Well, I, I say greetings from Brazil and I hope I hope that this tragic moment that we are going through will end soon and that we can learn from it and uh, much health to everyone and I hope we can meet soon. Yes, and that music will be our balsam, our healer. Yeah. Um beijo, Patricia. Um beijo. <laughs> Tchau. You just listened to the Latin American and Iberian Art Home podcast, a program to discover composers, poets, songs, and everything about the world of Latin American and Spanish song. Connect every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. To subscribe, go to patriciacaicedo.com slash podcast and choose your favorite podcast platform. And remember, to support us, we need your donations to continue bringing the world of Latin American and Iberian arts home. Hasta el próximo miércoles. Desde Barcelona, adiós.